Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Joanne Richards, who is the author of Midlife Magic. Joanne, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for coming on the show. We're excited to hear about your dreams, your goals, your book, and a little bit more about your life, which is so interesting. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It's, it's an honor. Yeah, yeah, of course. So we'd like to jump right in. If you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and your story, and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay. I, let's see, basically, I'm a native Californian. And but I currently live in Portland, Oregon, to be near my daughter, and my grandkids during COVID. So I was tired of being by myself in California. I am a bookkeeper. And I published my book called Midlife Magic. I've been married seven times, at least I'm on marriage number seven. So that does make my life a little weird and interesting. Uh, Numbers one through six were not great at all. And uh, I've been through abuse, divorce, death, uh, you name it, financial ruin. So I've been through the gambit. I'm currently actually married to a former military officer who was framed for something. So he's been in prison for almost 40 years and I've known him for half at least half of that about half of that so you know again it's another different kind of relationship but it uh not that the prison i mean we're making the prison part work but um you know we have a really solid relationship and that's rather different than my former relationships anyway i have a grown daughter i have three grandchildren ranging in ages from 13 to 19 and so it's it's wonderful to be near them what I do for fun, I like to read, I knit, I crochet, I take walks, I love to go to high tea with my family, I love to travel, especially to the UK, um, I like to visit my family, so those, those are my big fun things. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got married to somebody that was in, in prison? <laughs> My, my roommate at the time, and this was like, night. we met in 1997. So my roommate at the time, her husband was in prison and I had visited him with her a couple times and I'd been visiting somebody else. So the prison thing didn't scare me. Uh, one day she came home and said, hey, I met this really nice guy, you know, your age, he's really smart. He was visiting with his mom. He's a friend of my husband, her husband. You know, you might like him. It's like, okay, smart would be a new kind of boyfriend for me. So that's good. Um, I was really intrigued by the, the brainiac part. So, and he, and he's truly a brainiac. Anyway, we started writing for two months and then I was approved to visit him in person. And you know, that's, that was it. We, you know, have, we courted for five years and got married in the prison visiting room. So with my daughter, seven months pregnant and a couple of friends and, you know, our wedding cake was two hostess cupcakes smashed together. 
I went on a wine tasting honeymoon by myself. You know, it's, it was, it's crazy, but I, I'm used to visiting him like every week. So, you know, we write almost every day and pre COVID we saw each other every week, unless he was in a far different part of California than I was living. So we've, you know, developed this wonderfully strong, lots of communication relationships, uh, lots of communication. And we've, we've just made it work. It would be ideal if he were out, you know, uh, we've been doing this a long time, him not being out and you know, he's been doing it a lot longer than, you know, I've been with him, but um, you know, it would be nice to have him home. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is he coming home or is he in for life? Uh, technically he has a life without parole sentence, but things are changing in California a bit. So that if you're old, which he is for prison, and if you have some health issues, which he does at his age, things, things are changing. So some of those guys are getting out, but right now that doesn't apply to life without parole. So we're hoping, you know, things are, you know, working behind the scenes during the legislature, we're trying to get that to apply also to life without parole. And he has some lawyers that are helping him. Um, it would be really hard for him to try to go, it would be way more expensive for him to try and like, get a new trial all that kind of stuff because all his remedies legal remedies most of them were exhausted right after in in the years past his trial so um you know he is trying to get his sentence reduced he's, he's doing everything he can to legally either reduce his sentence so he can be eligible for parole or you know get released because he's old and he's got health issues so gotcha. you know we're, we have we haven't given up hope but it's been a long haul and was he framed for a military crime? He was no, no. Um, he was framed for masterminding a murder that took place in Marin County, California, in 1982. It had nothing. Well, the secret backstory we believe does have stuff to do with his military. Um, but there, you know, there was a dead body, and the kids who got caught for doing it said he masterminded the whole thing. So basically, you know, that's the. It's a, just a state murder case gotcha gotcha yeah. okay i this is gonna sound whack a lot no. of people are probably gonna judge me for this but i have to ask because it's killing me okay is he a person of color pardon me is, is he a he? person of color no he's not gotcha okay it was just it was just no but me. i mean I like, no it, it's a good question most 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 people in prison are people of color but he's he's in the minority but. I, uh, yeah. So I just had to ask. <laughs> it was, Hus it was husband cool. number six was a person of color, and probably husband number two was, but not this one. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, awesome. Can you tell us? That's all I'll ask about your husband. It was just I was so curious. <laughs> you know, my life is an open book, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, can you tell us a bit more about your motivation in life? What keeps you up and gets you up and keeps you going? Well, besides my three cats, because they wake me up for food, um, <laughs> my family is probably my biggest motivation. I, you know, it's like I realized I, I became a bookkeeper because some um, back history of accounting is in the, the blood here. And, you know, it, my mom needed help after my dad died. So just numbers are, numbers are my, are my current game. But um, my other motivation recently, especially because of COVID and it's given me a lot of time to work on my inner stuff and, um, and also not, you know, it's like I used to spend a whole day every week going to see my husband, but 
you know, anyway, so I've, I've had to take care of more of my, my own stuff. And I've realized, okay, you know, I'm, I'm inching towards 70, but it's not, it's never too late to, to work on your own issues and heal yourself and make yourself do whatever you need to be the best you, you can be. So I've, you know, that's what gets me going. I have, um, I found some new drive in my life. So it's not just all my husband, you know, it is all family based, but you know, it's like, it's not all, I'm not just getting up and doing what the husband wants, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things that are making that have value for me. So that's, that's what, that's my motivation. It's like, and it's, I don't know if that sounds selfish, but I'm taking care of myself and I'm standing up for myself and I have found new ways of doing things that are important for me. So yeah, that's what gets me going. And, and the hope that I'll someday I'll be able to retire. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Doing things, you know, being the best that you can be and doing things that you value. That's so important. And, you know, that's how right. a lot of people are not doing those things. Right. And I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, you know, kind of doing everything to please everybody else. So I, love I still have a lot of clients I have to please and take care of their accounting needs. But uh, there are a lot of things I'm doing, you know, just taking time for myself because then I find myself more productive or more energized or whatever. So, yeah. Yes. Awesome. I love that. Well, can you, can you tell me about, um, actually, before we jump into your dreams and goals in the book, you also wrote in your bio that you were Mormon for 30 years. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I'm not now. Yeah, I was so fascinated reading this Bible. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) Who is this person? (laughs) Could you, can you tell us a little bit about that journey being Mormon, why you made the conversion and how difficult it was for you? How, how the conversion to what, to become a Mormon or to not be a Mormon? To not be a Mormon. Okay. Um, I joined, my family was Methodist and they hardly ever went to church. You know, they, they dropped us off at Sunday school. Sometimes my parents would go at holidays, but we weren't a religious family. Um, the nativity scene went under the Christmas tree and that that's, that's all good. Um, when I was 10, we used to go camping with a family that were Mormons and I became best friends with one of their kids. So you know, then I started going to church with them and I, I liked the whole, the wholesome family atmosphere about the Mormon church. And I really had no problems with the church. I just married several Mormon men who were rotten husbands. You know, that that's my story. Um, I never had any problems with the church per se. And maybe now looking back, I'm going, yeah, that, that probably wasn't, it's like, because I say openly in my book, you know, one of the reasons I kept getting married so quickly without like long courtships and without really, it's like, you know, you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. Well, you know, if you're a 20 something and the hormones are raging, you got married if you were a Mormon, or at least I did. So, okay. But anyway, when I met my husband, um, it was, it was interesting because all of a sudden, because when you're a Mormon, you're spending like three hours, most of your days at church on Sunday. And, you know, I wanted to, I found myself wanting to visit him more and more and just spend more time with this really interesting person. And we started discussing spiritual topics, which weren't, I mean, he, he's a pagan. He's an openly, he's openly a pagan, but he knows a lot about pretty much every religion. 
and what their all their different scriptures say. So we would have spiritual discussions, and I began to realize that spirituality was far more important to me than a particular religion and following their rules, because I wasn't always really good at following their rules, even though I believed in some of their, you know, lovely ideas, but, you know, I wasn't always good at obviously following all the rules, um, the big rules. <laughs> it's like, I was fine. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do this or this, but I did this. Um, anyway, but you know, again, when I met him, I just realized I didn't need that. I didn't need that anymore. I didn't need, I well, number one, I, I wanted to see him and it's like, you can't, I can't do both. And the church takes up a lot of your time. So I just walked into my bishop one day and said, yeah, you know, I'm going to go this path and I'm, I'm choosing this guy over the church basically. And I, he, he was not happy, but it's like, what could he do? Um, and I still kept in touch with church people because they like to visit you once a month. And, you know, that's, that's fine. And they helped me move a couple of times, even though after I stopped going to church, but again, it was more about spirituality. And especially over these last 20 some odd years, my spiritual life has gone a you know whole different direction than it was with the Mormon church. And, and again, it wasn't because I know there's a lot of people who have left the church because of trauma or, you know, really bad experiences with the church. And for me, again, it was more the bad husbands or the, you know, the, the not great husbands. And, you know, I wanted to be with this guy. <laughs> so, and I just didn't need it anymore. It's like I, and I have, my eyes have been opened up to, okay, maybe the God of the Christian world isn't exactly what I grew up thinking it was, and maybe it's something else. And so my, it, my way of thinking is just opened up and it's like, in the Mormon church, they don't talk about uh, reincarnation. And it's like, well, okay, I, I've come to believe that I've had several lives. So it's like, I couldn't have believed, I shouldn't have believed that if I was a more, still a Mormon. But my, my eyes have opened up on a lot of topics that I just think are so cool that I wouldn't even have imagined, you know, talking about or exploring when I was a Mormon. So. <laughs> gotcha. Was it anxiety inducing to become so open-minded after living in the Mormon church for that long? Cause I know like I'm a Christian and a lot of people in the Christian church are really closed-minded and you're really open-minded. I'm like, that's a huge dichotomy there. So tell yeah. us about that. Uh, you know, it's interesting. And what I love to share is that uh, when I first started talking about UFOs and, and all that stuff and the military stuff my husband was into, one of my new best friends, from a conference, so the first conference I had a booth at, she's still a very active Mormon. And yet she and her husband, you know, they've had UFO sightings and they are totally, you know, they're totally accepting of the whole concept of UFOs and other species. Okay. And the Mormon church knows that stuff. So does the Catholic church. And so does, you know, all these other major churches, they just don't talk about it over the pulpit. But I, I can assure you that the Mormon leaders and the Catholic leaders were all working with the various militaries when it came to space stuff and alien stuff. So, you know, but again, no, I, there was no big anxiety, especially about leaving the church. All of us, it was just cut, cut and dry. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not going to church anymore. Okay, no big deal. And, you know, all of a sudden I just became studying other things and learning about other things. And, you know, that's, that's where my mind and my heart went. So, and, and it said, my family, my family are not Mormons. So it's not like I had all these people giving me this backlash about leaving the church. 
my daughter left the church way before I did. And um, so, you know, mom, I'm not going to church anymore. And she was, you know, a young teenager. It's like, oh, okay. Well, and I guess I can't make you, so, <laughs> you know, and at that point, you know, you, you shouldn't be trying to make your teenagers do certain things, but anyway, you know, and it's, and, and again, it's like, I know a lot of people have studied the history of the church, but it's like, I didn't even get into that. It's like, I, I know a lot about the history of the church, but I, I never even got into that. And so that had no bearing on why I left, but gotcha. no anxiety. <laughs> That's awesome. You're an awesome yeah. person. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, let's jump to your dreams and goals. Tell us a, a little bit about your book and okay. vision for your life. Okay, my book, as you said, is called Midlife Magic. And about, I, I want to say 2010 or 12, I met this woman at a super soldier mind control conference. And I knew I had, I know I had a booth. I was on a panel. I don't think I was one of the main speakers, but I, I know I was on one of the panels. And we were, you know, leaving the room for a break. And she said, you know, oh, so like, when's your next story coming out? I go, well, my husband will be writing another report, you know, anytime, because I'm usually speaking, I used to be just speaking about his stuff. And she goes, no, no, when's your story coming out? And I didn't know this woman. We've since become very good friends. And I'm going, my story, you know, what have I got to say? And she said, no, you know, you need to write your story. And, and okay, this woman didn't know me and she didn't know my life. And Andy, but she is very psychic. I've come to learn over the years. And so she knew I had a story to tell. And over the years, I'll backtrack a minute, but as a Mormon, you're, you're supposed to, you know, you're encouraged to journal and you're encouraged to write your family history. So I had tidbits about my, my family history and my own bio, autobiography. I had a lot of that written down and I kept journals. So I have lots of notes about what I was going through and all the husbands and all that crap and, and all the, you know, the highlights too. Anyway, over the years, I'd sit at a conference and I'd make notes. Oh, yeah, I should probably work on my book. Okay, so I'm writing little notes for my chapters. And I've got notes everywhere. And then in the year before COVID hit, I was at a networking group. And this visitor came that I had done some bookkeeping work for. And, and you know, I re she was introduced, like, as a writing coach. And she was going to be starting this writing group up again. I was like, oh, well, maybe I should join that. So that'll kind of force me to work on this. So I started that and they started listening to parts of my story. And first they didn't get it. You know, why are you talking about UFOs and witchcraft and paranormal? It's like, you know, why? And then I started at the beginning, like, here's my family history. Here's all the husbands. And then all of a sudden, you know, UFOs and witchcraft were becoming part of mainstream news. And, oh, okay. Now I get it. And so it, it kind of seems weird to have that all in one book, but the book is a short read. It's a little over a hundred pages, but it, it talks about my childhood. Um, a little bit about me being in the church, but, you know, the values and why I joined the church. And then there's like why I got married so many times and a chapter about each husband and the current husband has like three chapters. But, um, you know, how I met them, why I married them, what went wrong, all the bad signs that I should have seen, you know, it's like, and again, the courtships, if I could impart one piece of wisdom, it's like people date more than a month. <laughs> Date more than two months. You know, it's like really get to know your person. And, and now I would say you ought to live with them before you get married. But even if you don't, you know, there are plenty of ways to talk and get to know each other before you, you know, decide to get married. But um, just know them way better than I ever knew any of my husbands before we got married, except for the current one. Anyway, so I, I worked on the book and then 
And I also knew I needed to include my UFO stories because I have my own experiences with sightings. I have plenty of paranormal experiences and when I've been around spirits, which is so cool. And I embrace witchcraft in a good way. You know, it's in a good way. It's, it's the science and it's loving nature. And there's nothing dark about what I believe in or do or practice. And, um, you know, it's like I, before this interview, I went out for a, almost an hour long walk and it's just so cool to be out. I don't mind walking in the rain, but it's a beautiful day here in Portland. It's like, it's so energizing for me to get out and connect with nature. I just, I love that. So I've had all these, you know, people call them woo-woo experiences, but it's about, you know, uh, honing and practicing my intuition and how I protect myself. So the book is kind of a combination of that, my new path and, you know, what I went through to get me on this new path. And, okay, <laughs> okay, I've just rambled. But so, so that's, that's been a wonderful journey for me because it really helped me work on myself and process the issues that I, you know, should have looked at a long time ago. And it's helping my daughter and I maybe heal some of the wounds that got created by me marrying so many times. And, you know, and again, I was putting the man first before my daughter, because she came first, she came before most of those husbands. Anyway, so that that's, that's the, the book. That's the story about the book in a nutshell, my dreams, besides retirement, and besides, <laughs> Besides having my husband home so we could actually live together, uh, I, I love to travel and I've gone to several parts of the UK. I've been to England five times in one of those trips I was in Ireland. I really want to go to Scotland. I am just so in love with Scotland. I'm sure that's part of my family history, but it's like I'm so drawn there. And I also have family history in a certain part of Germany near Frankfurt. And I really want to go there and see where the family was from. And my family and from England is from Manchester. So, you know, I just want to explore more about my family roots that way. And I, I my other my other dream is to, you know, really speak to people. You know, if, if there's somebody who needs to hear what I've learned or just it's like I am open to speaking to as many people that want to hear me about my message and with the process I've gone through and if it can help somebody, cool. I, I spoke in September at the Wisdom Conference, which was a virtual conference, but it was a, such a lovely gathering of healers and light workers. And they asked me to speak. I was like, oh, I never thought I was part of that group. It was really cool because I'm used to speaking at UFO conferences, but you know, a friend of mine was the organizer and it, it was lovely and it was very well accepted. And I, it was the first time I really gave a in-depth talk about my journey and what I've learned. So, so that was really nice. I would love to do more speaking about that. So those, you know, travel and speaking are my, my big dreams. So. Yeah, for sure. Travel and speaking. I love it. <laughs> so we need to get rid of COVID. <laughs> we need Obviously. to get rid of COVID so I can start traveling again. Anyway. <laughs> well, awesome. Awesome. If there were one or two people that you can meet right now, and these it could be a specific person or a type of person, and they would help you take that next step towards your dreams and goals, whether that be traveling and speaking, really getting your book and message out there, or helping your husband come home early, who would they be and how would they do it? Oh, I have three very specific people. It's like, I'm not sure if her show is still going or not, but I, I want it so badly. I want, I would love so badly to be on like the Ellen DeGeneres show. I, I think she and I would just, hit, you know, 
I, I, I love her weirdness in a loving way because I, I feel like I fit right in there. I don't know if she's, I don't, I can't remember if her show was going to be ending or not, but you know, I would like to be on somebody's show. I would love to be on Drew Barrymore's show. I think she's a riot. And, you know, it's like, of course, I remember seeing her as a little tiny girl and what was it, E.T.? But anyway, you know, I would love to be on somebody's show. And, and of course, obviously, if I'm really thinking, really thinking big, the person who could really promote my book is Oprah. <laughs> you know, somebody, somebody with a big name and has a, an attachment to a book club or, or whatever, getting, getting my book before book clubs, that, that would be great. Um, so, you know, the, the, those are my dream people. Love it. Love it. Awesome. And What's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals? Well, you know, if they have a book club that they're part of, I, I'd be happy to speak to their book club. They can join my Facebook group, which is just called Midlife Magic, where, you know, it's like I'm open to just talking about all, all kinds of topics that, I, that I'm into. Of course, they could buy the book. It's on Amazon and all those online platforms. And I also have a website that I sell it through dragonhillbooks.net. Uh, they can help me promote the book. They can introduce me. I've already said that. They can introduce me to their book groups. Um, I also have an Instagram, which isn't very full yet, but that's joe.ann.richards.author. So I suppose, you know, that it's like uh, Facebook is probably my biggest uh, social media. I'm doing more on LinkedIn, but, and, you know, I'm just a baby at Instagram. <laughs> like what do you mean I have to take a picture of it on my phone to then put it on Instagram can I just post it on my computer you know I'm you know I'm like I said I'm in my late 60s what can I say um so so those are the ways that you know everyday people you know buy the book it's 10 bucks or the ebook is like six bucks so. <laughs> yeah yeah I love yeah. it I love it well awesome what are your plans for financial freedom how much money would you need coming in per month to like be able to retire? Oh, um, without having to work the same amount of hours? <laughs> yeah, without having to work at all. How much money? Oh, not having to work at all. Oh, wow. That would be great. Um, you know, probably 10 to 20 grand would be, you know, if I, cause I really need to speed up my retirement savings, you know, that that's the other thing. It's like, I did not start saving for retirement until I was 60. So that is a big boo-boo. Like people, you, you young people need to start saving much sooner, even if it's five or $10 a month, but you know, stop going, you know, buy one less coffee at Starbucks or whoever, and, you know, put 50 bucks away to start. So you're, you look very young, Timothy. So <laughs> start saving now. Yep. 22, 22. Oh, that's right. It's like, oh my gosh, you're, my grandson is almost as old as you. <laughs> I could be your grandma. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah and, 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 you know, and if I'd had kids with my first husband, I'd be, you know, yeah, definitely. Cause yeah. Anyway. Well, do you have, so, so that would, you know, that if I didn't, and that would be great. Um, but right awesome. now I'm working hard enough to do that. What is your ideal way to make that 20 grand a month? Like, would you want to do it through real estate? Are you trying to do it through stocks? Are you just trying to have a business that runs on autopilot for you? That would be lovely. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, if I had planned better, 
I would have built up a big bookkeeping team so that all these other bookkeepers could do the work and I could just sit back and rake in the money. Um, I also didn't do that. But I, I would love, and I know uh, people do make good money speaking. And I know that the live presentations you know, aren't happening right now as much, but um, I, I would love to make money speaking or even selling the book in bigger ways. So, you know, it, marketing your book is a huge, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it, it's a lot of work. Um, so I, I've been learning the hard way. It's like, and how, you know, it's like you need to either use it as part of your business or use it as, and I don't have a coaching business. I don't, you know, I don't have that kind of stuff yet, but um, to get it, I need to get it in bigger audiences or have it used as a tool maybe or, but, you know, selling my books in bigger quantities would be lovely. And just, just speaking would be great. So, you know, I also have a nonprofit. So if somebody, if somebody wants to just donate piles of money to the nonprofit, then I could pay myself a stipend and just do some more fun research about the, the UFO stuff that I like to do. <laughs> Tell us about your nonprofit. What's it called? What does it do? The, the nonprofit is Earth Defense Headquarters. And it started out as, a, I mean, it is an educational nonprofit, but it started out to include, you know, environmental stuff and history and little known history, stuff you're not going to hear about in school and through the mainstream media. It pretty much got focused down to where all I was doing was um, publishing reports that my husband would write about his military UFO related and alien related experiences through his military career. And and then I would speak at different conferences. So I was selling reports and speaking at conferences. And, and there's so much more research. And he's, he's written this huge manuscript about his family and how it ties in with lots of interesting world history events. So, you know, it should be an encyclopedia by itself. Um, so there's, there's a lot. And I would like to do more on teaching people about alien species, especially the friendly ones. So that, that's another dream of mine to, you know, and, and that I could do workshops on that and that, that would bring in money as well. So, but I could, I could talk about aliens all day long. So <laughs> are you saying there are known alien species out there? There are hundreds of alien species out there and several of them are on this planet at this moment. <laughs> and again, the big church leaders know all about this. <laughs> Maybe not your local pastor, but I can I can tell you like the Pope and the Cardinals and the Mormon leaders and certainly the Dalai Lama and major church leaders know about aliens and UFO stuff. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of friendly aliens. There's a lot of wonderful aliens that I love to talk about that are just the most interesting creatures. I mean, they may they may look very different than we do but you know there's some cool cat ones and there's some cool dog ones and there's some that still look like dinosaurs and you know so we could talk about aliens we could talk about fairies we could talk about ghosts you know I, this is what this is my passion <laughs> wow yeah. yeah okay so i i don't know if you can tell about my face but i'm very very skeptical <laughs> that's okay that's so, okay a lot of people are <laughs> but it's like this is not the first time I've heard about it on the podcast live. So I'm trying to learn about it. So for, well, and you know, it, it, and again, there's a beautiful thing in, and I don't think it's, well, here are two things like 
if you see a lot of medieval art, there's a lot of wonderful medieval paintings. And these, these, these are real medieval era paintings. And there's a flying saucer up in the sky. And so again, if the artist hadn't seen that or didn't know about that, he wouldn't have known to paint that. There's evidence all over the world in caves and in canyons and things where like ancient art has been drawn on the walls and it's clearly an astronaut. It's clearly a spaceship. And, and you can Google this stuff and you'll, you'll find this. And again, there's things in the Bible that refer to angels. And I do believe in angelic beings, but a lot sometimes angels are are aliens representing themselves as, as angels. Um, and and again, not all aliens are mean and nasty and want to eat us, but we, we don't have to go there today. But there's also like in the Mormon scriptures, and I don't don't ask me to quote it because I don't can't quote it anymore. There's a lovely scripture about, you know, God created all kinds of worlds out there. So, and, and I'm not the only person that will say this, like if you even, you know, if you believe in God or not, you know, obviously there's planets and stars and universes and galaxies out there. Why would we be so arrogant to think that we are the only thing that's intelligent? There are so many more intelligent species from other places and most of them don't look like us and yet you know some of them are the most spiritual beings that usually when i'm giving a talk i i have this quote by a dinosaur species who you know they're millions of years old they evolved from the dinosaurs here on this planet um one of their senators gave a talk about just everything being infinite and everything and everyone being connected, whether you have eyes to see, whether you have ears to hear. And it's just the beauty of the universe. And there's so many species out there who are highly, highly intelligent and highly spiritual. And they don't look at all like us. So <laughs> yeah, you know, there, there's one that looks like a giant beetle that can spew heated plasma if you're about to attack them. They're very Zen-like and spiritual. And again, my, our dinosaur friends, uh, they're very spiritual and they're very family-oriented and they believe in education and they have a whole political and you know cultural structure. They're just, they're fascinating. So there, there's a lot to share and to break through some skepticism and no judgment. No judgment, because I didn't believe in any of this stuff a long time. You know, it's like I did not grow up believing in little green men when I watched Martian movies in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> you know, most of this stuff I never thought of, nor did I believe when I was a kid. But I've, I've come to embrace it. And, and for me, it, for me, it's real. You know, you may not ever find that it's real for you, but there are lots of us out there who do believe it's real. So I have two questions. Sure. Have the thousands of you the thousands and thousands of alien species? Have you interacted with a lot of them, or are they documented somewhere, or have other people interacted with? Like, how big exactly is this? You know, like it's huge. Um, number one, I know that there's hundreds. I don't know about thousands. I know there's hundreds of species, and that being said, there's millions of numbers. You know, there's there's lots. 
of them within each species. My husband has had personal interaction with many of them because with his dad's military career, my husband as a child was at a conference that was held in England in 1961, where there was a treaty conference between our government and military leaders and representatives from various alien species. You know, they were talking about, well, do we let humans off the planet anymore? Because we were already going out into space in the 50s and 60s. And it's like, you know, are we going to sell you our used spaceships? Can we kidnap humans? Do we, do we give you our technology? Lot, they, were, they were having treaty conferences. So, and my husband saw hundreds of different kinds of species at this conference, and he got to play with some of their children who came with the parents as delegates. So my husband has firsthand knowledge and experience with them. I do not because there's a treaty in place saying civilians are not allowed to interact openly with aliens. So we could all get in trouble. Now I do have friends who channel certain aliens. I have friends who, you know, aliens will come to them maybe in their dreams or meditations. So that, that's all cool. One of my spiritual guides is one of these dinosaur, one of this dinosaur species that I've talked about. She's still alive, but you know, she's made herself known and she's been right here off to my side. I could feel her when I was speaking one time. I was like fiery hot when I gave the, the raptor this dino, you know, they're called raptors. They look like dino, I mean, they still look like dinosaurs, but um, you know, she was right there in her spirit form when I was speaking and, and, and people saw her, <laughs> you know, the psychics in the group saw her and I could feel her. I've never seen her in person, but I, I could feel that. It's just like, just as strong as I can feel fairy sometimes, just as strong as I can feel ghosts sometimes, I can feel that being. Um, and, and I have other, you know, I, I speak to other people, um, a, a dear friend who is long departed, but, you know, she's, she was a good, well, she was one of my husband's partners before she died. And, um, you know, she she was around these aliens as well. So, gotcha. And I've talked to my husband's dad, who is now on the other side. Obviously, he had experiences with them as well. So, there are people who've had experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, that answer generated another question. But so now I still have two questions. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the first one is. I've heard often about the universe because I think space is fascinating. And the fact that yes. like the universe that we can see is like 5% of the known universe and right. the rest of the universe is there's like 95% of it out there that we can't even see. We don't have physics for or whatever. And right. it's also constantly expanding into what? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> that's the blows my mind. But I'm like, do you think that the alien, do you think or no that the alien species have greater knowledge of that? That's a good question. And I, you know, I, I don't pretend to understand all the science, but especially after reading a lot of my husband's writings and talking to him at length, you know, I've learned a lot more about space because space and time is like, you know, this fabric, it's not just this vast vacuum. Um, 
and you're moving through these folds. It's like, okay, I can't explain it, but you know, you're moving through these folds and think, you know, sometimes things contract and you've got cool things called wormholes out there so that you can travel faster. And, you know, space is beautiful. My, my nephew right now is, is doing a lot of photography with his telescopes and he's just taking amazing photographs of stuff in space. And it's, it's fascinating. Uh, my husband in his writing, he, you know, one of his degrees or, you know, he was, uh, he's a quantum physicist beyond, besides being a historian and all that. But um, so he includes all this science about being in space and what it's like out there in a lot of his reports. So his reports get kind of long sometimes because he's including history and science and not just the fun adventure about, you know, which alien we were battling at the moment or, you know, what we were doing. So it, it's fascinating. And, and again, I'm not the expert on science, but I, I've learned that it's a lot more. And, and so here's another thing. It's like um, in person, when, and especially when I was in California, I, I work a lot with a, a person who channels, she's a, he, he channels dead people. And if, you know, some people like that and some people don't, but anyway, it works for me. And we used to have these group sessions and the, the channeling person would sit there and he channels a mainly one person, but then we would often have guest speakers <laughs> come from the other side. And sometimes they were actually beings who were still alive, but could come through like interdimensionally. Um, and we learned a lot about number one, the other side. And so it's not just like what I learned at church. It's, it's really, you know, wonderful and all that. So that's cool. But then we learned, we, we talked to a lot of people, great teachers who had died. And, and then we've, you know, some different alien species have come through. It's like, oh yeah, I know your husband. It's like, oh, okay. And, and they would tell us even more about science and space and the quantum stuff. So, you know, there's just so much to learn. And I, you know, I don't know whether the universe is expanding or contract. It's like, okay, that's, I just know there's a lot of cool stuff about it. But um, there are many species out there who have empires and you know, there's just so much going on. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, it's like we, we all need to get together. And it's interesting because I think um, had COVID not hit, we would have probably be, we probably have been closer to disclosure about all this sooner than now later, because there are species who would love to just show up in person. I mean, it's not that the government doesn't already know about them, but you know, they'd like to show up and start interacting with us in person and, and working with us. And, you know, there's a species that they're they're merchants. They'd like to have us as customers. So right now all they can do is sell stuff to other aliens. But you know, it's just it's it's this amazing, fascinating world. And to think that us humans are the only only things is silly. But that's my opinion. <laughs> hey, I you know. I thought it was silly too. I've just never been able to really wrap my head. Like, I'm like, the universe is so like huge. Like you got yeah, Milky Way yeah. galaxy and then you got yeah. millions of other galaxies. Yes, like the Milky yeah. Way galaxy. And, like, and, and our galaxy is just one little part of it, you know? <laughs> yep. So it's, 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 it's amazing and vast. And, and to think that there are, you know, there's, there's so many different kinds of species out in space and they never come here, but a lot of them, some, several of them do, but not all of them are able to come here. And a lot of them, 
you know, they don't want us exploring space as much as we want to be. They don't want us knowing where they are. You know, we have this habit of trashing, you know, we've trashed our planet and we also leave a bunch of trash in space. You know, so they're, they're you know, they don't want our nuclear weapons out in space. They don't want our debris out there. You know, there's a ton of debris in space and that's probably just in the near earth orbit stuff. But, you know, as humans, we have not taken care of our planet. So they're not happy to let us start roaming around in space as much, but. Yeah, yeah. So I guess my final question about this topic is <laughs> I've the closest experience I would say I've had to something like this is sleep paralysis where it's like I am going to sleep but I'm not quite asleep and then I wake right. up and I can I know that I'm awake but right. I'm like in a different reality like it was the weirdest thing for me to explain as a child honestly very frightening but it was like I knew I was awake. Like I was very conscious of the fact that I was awake, but I would even see what was around me. Like I would see right. at one point I saw my own body, like as a like spirit in the way that I could feel I was laying really weird stuff. But did you see anybody else there? This is the thing during sleep paralysis, I would see other things and it would be all types of things. Sometimes I'd interact with like spirits that were like really friendly and like really like just wanted to enter like one time I touched one and I was like that was just such a pleasant experience like it was clearly like just a white like being but we touched and then we touched for a little bit and then I like ended up waking up and then there are other times where these things weren't very uh <laughs> they weren't very uh kind yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just remember one time I was like often I would enter sleep paralysis when I was like dehydrated and went to sleep. Really okay. weird thing I found out. And I was trying to walk down to my kitchen to get water because I felt thirsty, but I was in my sleep paralysis state, but I was up and walking like oh, wow. I wasn't. It was so strangest thing ever, but they were stopping me from getting to the fridge. And it was just oh, really, yeah, really. So this is the only experience I had. And so would you say that is like alien experience or would you say I'm crazy? <laughs> you're not crazy. I would never say you're crazy. Um, I have heard many people talk, many people who like researchers and experiencers or experiencers um, who have had alien abductions or just alien experiences have said they've experienced some kind of sleep paralysis. So, you know, I don't know whether you were touching or meeting alien beings or just spirit entities that you know were friendly or not friendly but again i have heard several people when they're talking about their alien experiences they have had some kind of sleep paralysis where you know they can't move and you know these aliens are doing stuff to them or, or whatever um so it, it could very well have been whether you were abducted or not or whether you were just in your room and they were checking you out you know i i, I don't think you're crazy no Awesome. Appreciate that. Have I had that? No, <laughs> but I, I have heard, I have heard that and it's not uncommon. So, yeah, I really thought I was crazy when it was happening. I started looking no. up stuff about sleep paralysis. I was like, am I going insane? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh man. And, and, and gratefully, you know, there's, there's several people who, who do like regression hypnosis and stuff with people who really can help people 
if they really want to figure out, you know, what, what did I go through or whatever. So I'm not saying that everybody should do that. I, I don't know. I've never done that, but, um, but I, I don't think I've ever been, had an alien abduction experience um, myself, but I've had lots of other kinds of experiences, but I do know there are hypnotists who, you know, do help people with that. So, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, awesome. We are running a bit short on time, so I'm going to okay. skip our Thriving Three. Was there anything from the Thriving Three that you really wanted to talk about? You had you had asked, you know, was there a favorite book? And I, I will say that, you know, I read a lot and I read a lot of mysteries, but I my daughter got encouraged me to read un, the book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And, you know, she's a woman who, I don't know if she was Catholic, but she, I, I think she grew up Catholic, you know, but I mean, her husband cheated on her and, you know, she, she's a very well-known Christian writer. And anyway, they got divorced and now she's married to a woman and, you know, the, the blended families, you know, they all work together great, but she had, had so many aha moments and so many things to just share with people that were kind of running along the same themes as me. And that, that was so nice because it's like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy either. And there's other people who have had crappy experiences in their lives and they've made something, you know, they still made some, you know, you didn't just wallow in it. And I'll just, I'll just, if I can really close really quickly with her quote, one of her quotes was when heartbreak rings, answer the door. Heartbreak is one of the greatest clues of our lives. The thing that breaks your heart is the very thing you were born to help heal and every world changer's work begins with a broken heart. So what I like to say is, you know, I've I've answered that door and I'm looking at the clues in my life. It may be a little later than she she was able to do. And and I'm just I'm happy that I've been able to heal a lot of my stuff and I'm here for people if if they want to talk or if they need help, you know, I'm here to listen. I'm here to talk. Obviously, I can talk a long time. <laughs> So I'm happy to share with whatever I've learned with people. So, yeah. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I have Good. one final question for you. Okay. It requires a bit of pretext. So you know how there are people on the planet that don't really, they have a really fixed mindset and they're not willing yeah. to accept change and they're not willing to accept help. Yes. And sometimes they live their whole life like that and they die like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> Other times they make that change. They're willing to accept help, willing to accept change and have more of like that growth mindset, open-mindedness. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? For them or for me? Uh, we could do both. We could do both. Um, you know, I don't know. There was, again, when COVID hit and I couldn't see my husband um, something just is not snapped in a bad way, but something just ignited in me that it's time. I love my husband and I, we, we have a strong relationship, but I really need to stand up for myself. So I, again, my message is to people, it's never too late to look at things in a new way or find a new path if you need it, or just, you know, pick one thing that is maybe painful for you. And, and, and explore the opportunity to look at that or heal that or change your mindset. Because uh, uh, as you complimented me on, I, I've become very open-minded and that's not how I grew up. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up in suburbia, Southern California and Northern, it's like I grew up in suburbia. And this is, this is how I'm very conservative and, and I'm far from conservative now. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Um, I would just say, you know, it's like be be open to the possibility of opening up a little bit and just looking at other possibilities, and you know, and and that doesn't mean you have to change your religious outlook or or your political outlook or anything because I don't I don't want to talk about any of that. But it's like just be willing to open be open to possibilities. So there we yeah. go. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, awesome. What? Do you think is the thing that makes somebody open to those so for you it was COVID hitting you can't see your husband anymore as much and and yeah i and again in writing the book it just made me realize that i need to take care of myself so um so maybe you know just for an example like i i went along with all these marriages and, and i would say i was very codependent i was a purple purple pleaser i was a people pleaser and i you know in the Mormon church, you know, the man is the head of the household and you're supposed to do what the man says. And it's like, okay, well, in my mind, it's like, it's supposed to be an equal partnership. So again, men or women like stand up for yourself and, um, you know, take, take, and it doesn't mean you have to break up your partnership. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can find the common ground, find the common ground and, but still take take care of yourself because you're going to be a better partner if you're a better person you know and and if you're not in a partnership at the moment it's like become the best person you can be and you'll attract the kind of partner you want and that's true for clients or romantic partners it's like you become the kind of person you want to be or the kind of client you want to be or the kind of romantic partner you want to be or have and and if you become that, then that's what you'll attract. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but it's like, I'm all about taking care of myself and, you know, and again, and again, like my husband and I've been together for over, we've been married 19 years. We've been together over 20 years, but, you know, and we're still finding new ways to communicate. It's like, okay, well, if I said this, you know, maybe you need to ask me about what I said so that we don't have any miscommunication or just know that, okay, I, I've changed how I am a little bit in the last few years. <laughs> number one, you've got to get used to it. And number two, you know, it's just like, this is, this is, you know, I'm just not going to be afraid to speak my mind and we can make that work. So, you know, but you can make all that work, whether you're in a relationship or not. So. Absolutely. Well, I love it. There we go. Is there anything okay. else you want to chat about before we sign off, Joanne? Uh, no, I would, I would just tell people to, you know, and have, have gratitude, you know, have a grateful heart and, you know, there's, there's, there's beauty and magic. And e even if you don't believe in witchcraft magic, but there's, there's magic in life, whether, you know, in any kind of life. So just be open to the beauty in our lives and be grateful for what we have, even the little things. So, you know, that, that's it, you know, it's just, and, and we're all connected, whether we're human or alien or not, it's like what we are all connected somehow. This universe is a vast place. And even if you only want to think about what's here on earth, you know, there's a lot of people in our community. I would have never said hello to as many strangers as I say hello to now on my walks. You know, I don't stop and have long conversations with these people because I, you know, I don't, but um, we'll say hello and how are you? And, you know, now they know that I'm out there walking and, you know, it's just, I don't have new friends, but um, just don't be afraid to take a little bit of a chance. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, 
guys, thank you for watching. Joanne, thank you for coming on the show. If you guys, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys are listening to this and you loved what Joanne had to say, you want to help her out with her dreams and goals. Make sure to do the things she talked about, buy the book, spread the word, join the Facebook group, as well as introduce her to either Ellen, Drew, or Oprah. <laughs> thank you <laughs> that would be fabulous <laughs> yeah absolutely as we always ask send this podcast to one to th one to three people you know need to hear this message shoot us a five-star review on itunes and we're out great thanks guys thanks for listening make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them if you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.